0: feelings nothing more than feelings find out why i'm singing on this episode of pushback (laughs) If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Feelings, whoa, feelings. That's an old song, almost as old as I am. It was released in 1974 by Morris Albert. I was five years old. I do remember the song. Um, maybe at least those of you who are older than me would probably remember that song as well. Hi, I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of pushback. Thank you for tuning in. And today we're going to talk about feelings. You know, I believe our culture today, uh, which is what this podcast is about. It's about culture, identifying the things that we can push back to strengthen and bring health to our culture. I believe our culture has become feeling dominated. And so I want to talk about that today. You know, it really starts with the conversation that we are spirit, soul, and body. That's what makes up every human being. And, uh, It goes back to the initial conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. And so I want to go to John 3, 3. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. We're familiar with that term, being born again Christians. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. See, we can often think that we are soul and body. Now, our body is, of course, our flesh, our physical being, our our veins, our our skin, our bones, our eyes, our ears, the things that we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, the, the sensation that we have in our body. That's our body. Our soul is created with our mind, our will, emotions, and feelings. That creates our soul. And our soul and our flesh, when Jesus was referring to this, is our flesh, I'm sorry, our soul and our body is referred to as the flesh. But we have to understand that our flesh was actually crucified with Christ. And we have been born again into spirit. I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, the conclusion of that is I no longer live. I'm already dead, but I have been resurrected with him in my spirit. We may think and we sometimes have the mindset that we are soul and body that actually has a spirit. We're connected to heaven through our spirit. But I would submit to you that we are actually spirit that happens to have a soul and a body. And I would go one step further, a temporary body. But we are alive and we actually have everlasting life in our spirit. And that's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. And so it's our spirit, it's our connectedness of our spirit to heaven that is supposed to rule and to be in charge. Now it says in Galatians 5, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, and uh, this is uh, uh, super insightful into our conversation today. So Galatians 5, 16. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh and they are in conflict with each other. Other versions say in war with each other or in battle with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit, I love the term keep in step. It reminds me of sort of dancing. There's someone who is leading and the other one who is keeping in step. We are to be ruled by the spirit. The other way of saying it is led by the spirit. We are spirit and we are to be ruled through and with our spirit. So our soul, our mind, will, emotions, and our feelings, they aren't bad. The father gave those to us But they are supposed to be in alignment. They are supposed to be subject to our spirit, not to be in charge. And they are not to rule. Our spirit is to rule. And I believe that feelings, our soul, is ruling the day. Just as the enemy hoped. The enemy hoped that we wouldn't receive the fullness of, of the crucifixion and resurrection. That we would live and remain in the flesh so that our spirit would rule the day. I believe the phrase of our culture today is, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it because eh, I don't feel like it. Feelings, feelings have ruled the day. And it concerns me. And I believe it's time to push back. I believe it's the maturity of the body of Christ that actually sets the culture where we actually become connected to the spirit. And guess what? When the body is fully connected to the spirit, that is called unity. When we're all connected to the same spirit, and we're all led by the spirit and that we don't allow our flesh to rule. We were just with some family uh, this week, and they were telling a story <laughs> about, uh, I'm picking on millennials, so forgive me, but there was a young younger couple, I believe in their 20s, and and this family member was overhearing a conversation in the kitchen, and they asked, you know, what do you usually do for food for your family? They were asking this mother of this family, and she said, you know what, I don't really make food for my family because I just don't feel like time in the kitchen is life-giving. <laughs> Sometimes we can't just simply be led by feelings. Sometimes we have to engage our spirit where, where selfishness and the and the selfish ambitions of the flesh are actually pushed down and we actually serve each other. <laughs> We've been looking for my parents, a a one level home in the Twin Cities area. Uh, And it's interesting because there's a lot of newer construction. Well, actually not a lot. There's not a lot of inventory, but there's newer construction. And, And the realtor actually said that they aren't building those necessarily for the elderly or those who are looking for no stairs. They're actually building it more for the millennial population who does not really want to do any work. Now, I'm being critical here, I I understand that, but there is a mindset that even doing yard work or maintaining a home is something that people don't feel like doing. And so we are surrounding ourselves with the comforts of life, thinking that it brings peace to our soul, but we're actually missing the connection that our soul does not rule the day. Now, those are just silly examples that I've noticed just even in the last week. But there are not so silly examples that we're seeing in the culture. And let me give you a couple that will break your heart, but I think that speaks strongly of this conversation in this podcast. There's actually a trend in marriages today that ought to make you feel a little bit nauseated. But the trend is instead of people saying until death do us part on their wedding day, they actually say until love runs out. Feelings, the feelings of love—that's <laughs> what we're talking about. The feelings of love. Marriages aren't sustainable. On the feelings of love. And so they put it in their vows saying, as long as I feel something for you, as long as I have a feeling of love, as the song would say for you, then we can stay together and I will vow to do that. But once the feeling is gone, then sayonara, baby. I'll go try to find somebody else that brings me that feeling. Feeling dominated. See, when we are disconnected from our spirit, when we, when we don't understand that we are spirit, then our soul is all we have left. And we have to try to manifest, try to magnify our soul, magnify our soul. And, and the term I use is that our soul becomes bloated. Our soul becomes dominant. And so our mind, our will, and emotions, the things that we think and feel become dominating into our everyday existence. And maybe you felt it, and I know that i felt it, when my soul becomes dominated, when my soul becomes dominating in my life. It's dangerous. It's dangerous in marriages when we try to hinge a relationship upon the way that we feel. There are days that I feel incredible love towards my wife, and there's days maybe not so much. (laughs) Mama said there'd be days like this. But my love for her, my devotion to her, my dedication to her isn't based or built upon my feelings. The feelings are an outflow of the spiritual reality of the covenant that I've made with her. And that solidifies and anchors my real love that I have for her, that flows from my spirit. And then my soul comes into alignment. And the feeling and the way I think about her then comes into appropriate alignment. Feelings. I've actually quoted this article on a previous podcast, but there's a man named Ryan Anderson from the Heritage Foundation who wrote an incredible, I would say, secular article about the LGBT community and the transgender community and how they become so feeling-oriented that that they're trying to actually create a reality. And so I just want to read this to you because it's, it's a terrific example of... of feeling-dominated culture. So he writes, what does it even mean to have an internal sense of gender? What does gender feel like? What meaning can we give to the concept of sex or gender? And thus, what internal sense can we have of gender apart from having a body of a particular sex? Apart from having a male body, what does it feel like to be a man? Apart from having a female body, what does it feel like to be a woman? What does it feel like to be both a man and a woman or to be neither? The challenge for the transgender activist is to explain what these feelings are like and how someone could know if he or she feels like the opposite sex or neither or both. Even if trans activists could answer these questions about feelings, that still wouldn't address the matter of reality. Why should feeling like a man, whatever that means, make someone a man? Why do our feelings determine reality on the question of sex but on little else? Our feelings don't determine our age or our height. A few And few people buy into, uh, uh, sorry, if those who identify as transgender are the sex which they are, which they identify why doesn't that apply to other attributes or categories of being what about people who identify as animals or able-bodied people who identify as disabled do all these self-professed identities determine reality and here's here's the main message at the core of the ideology is the radical claim that feelings determine reality And from this idea come extreme demands for society to play along with subjective reality claims. So here's the punchline, and here's maybe what all of us have felt at times, is that feelings, if left in charge, actually distorts reality. That's what they're saying. Since when do our feelings determine our reality? So we've all felt it. We've all had the 2 a.m. where we can't sleep and we're thinking about money, for instance, and we think that the world is falling and that we certainly will be homeless and out of money by the morning. (laughs) And our mind and our will and our emotions and our feelings become magnified and, and, and everything looks like it's doomsday. And that's what happens When our soul is left in charge, when our soul becomes bloated, becomes magnified. Now, let's make no mistake about it. This life has stress. Now, stress is pressure. Stress is things that are pushed up against you. And it's the pressure of life. It comes with responsibility. It comes with the things that we are asked to carry. And and this might be hard to hear, but stress is actually biblical. (laughs) The Bible actually never promises us that we're going to live a stress-free life without any pressure or even trials. It even says, consider it all joy when you face various trials. It's a certainty that life pushes up against. That's why we're here. We're here to actually affect and impact the world. And it's going to require us to push up against some things. And we will feel some weight with that. And that weight is stress. But when stress becomes anxiety, anxiety is actually the response to that pressure. And equally as hard as it is to hear, anxiety is not biblical. 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We aren't supposed to carry the anxiety. We aren't supposed to respond to stress with worry, fear, and anxiety. That's actually anti-biblical. Now, it's easy for me to sit behind a microphone and say, hey, don't don't feel anxiety. But when, when we have the reality of life around us, we have to understand that we are engaging our life with our spirit because we are spirit. And when we hit up against it, when we find that we are battling it, when, when we find that we read in Galatians 5 that we are in conflict, when our soul is in conflict with what we're feeling in life and we feel that pressure, we feel that hopelessness, we feel that pain, we feel we feel that fear, worry, and anxiety as a response to what life is is sending our direction then our soul has taken charge. Our soul has become dominant. Our feelings have ruled the day. I testified a few podcasts ago that coming out of this last winter and into spring, um, I really felt a gripping anxiety. Um, maybe even borderline depression. I was down, I'm an ER doctor working through this COVID winter and it was wearing on me mentally, physically, and spiritually. And, and I felt a, a sort of intangible type presence, anxiety, weight on my life. Now, often what happens when we become anxious, we begin to take inventory of the circumstances in our life as if the circumstances are the problem. And so I was thinking, well, you know, maybe it's the hours I'm working or the lack of sleep or maybe it's even this podcast as I was going after some big heavy topics. Maybe this was just spiritual warfare and there could have been a component to that. But because of the heaviness and because of the weight, I actually decided to be vulnerable and actually seek ministry for it. And in the ministry, through friends working with me and and ministering to me i felt it really wasn't my circumstances at all it was my soul my soul was dominating and And there were aspects of my life and the things that I was experiencing that I allowed to bring fear and worry and anxiety. And I allowed that into my soul so that my soul grew and that my spirit and my body needed to respond to my soul rather than come into alignment, spirit, soul, and body in that order. And through this ministry, I was able to take my hands off the reins, the Lord told me. Allow him to lead. Cast my anxiety upon him because he cared for me. Now that sounds pretty spiritual and probably very simple. It wasn't simple. There were a lot of tears and and vulnerability that had to take place. But there was freedom on the other end. And that's my testimony is that weight has lifted. I, I feel freedom in my soul. My soul feels free. Not because I catered to it but because I brought it back into alignment. I made my soul bow a knee to my spirit. I allowed my spirit to once again be in control and to be spirit-led, spirit-ruled, spirit spirit to reign in my life. And so I believe, and I'll just put a plug, I went to a Sozo ministry is what it's called, S-O-Z-O, I went to Dare to Believe Ministries, and you can look that up on their website, Dare to Believe. It's in the Twin Cities. It was very helpful for me, and it would be helpful for you if you're struggling with anxiety and fear and worry. I highly recommend them and commend them to you. So typically with my podcast I don't necessarily have a lot of time to minister to you but I just have felt as I was writing this that I was supposed to allow a few minutes at the end to minister because I know that there are some of my listeners that are struggling with anxiety and fear and worry. And I just want to speak alignment to the to you my listeners and just pray over you here at the end. So if you're listening to this and and you can just put out your hands to receive I just want to pray over you. If you're driving, keep both hands on the wheel, please. You can just put out one finger each or something as a sign of just surrender to the Lord. So just let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, I just pray over my listeners at the sound of my voice who are struggling with anxiety and fear and worry. And Lord, I speak alignment to them and to their lives. I I, I call forth their spirit And and the rule of their spirit and your Holy Spirit to connect with them. That they would feel your presence. They would feel you move in their lives. And that they would feel connected to heaven. And then, Lord, I pray for their soul and for their body, their flesh, to come into alignment with that spirit right now in Jesus' name. That, That their spirit would rule over their soul and their body. And, Lord, I pray for heavenly perspective over their circumstances. Lord, that the circumstances aren't the problem, but that their circumstances would come into alignment with your spirit first, and then their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions, and their feelings, Lord, would then have proper heavenly perspective on the things that that they're concerning them today. And Lord, I don't pray for the stress to be removed because they're here on this earth to push up against the forces of darkness in this world and to bring light. I don't pray for trials to be removed, Lord, but I pray for their spirit to dominate through the trials and through the pressure and through the stress and that their soul would be healed and restored. Lord, I speak to the the ruminating thoughts, the the oppressive thoughts, the negative thoughts, Lord Jesus, and I cancel that assignment over their lives, that the words of the enemy that would seek to steal, kill, and destroy in their lives would be silenced now, that they would hear heaven, they would hear your words of affirmation and affection over them, Lord God, and that they would feel your peace, Lord. So, Lord, I speak alignment to them, alignment, spirit, soul, and body, that the weight and the pressure of living with anxiety and fear, Lord, would be lifted from them right now, supernaturally, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me minister to you shortly. And again, if you feel like you need further ministry, if you feel like this is a gripping thing that that you just can't shake, then I'm asking you to be vulnerable. Find ministers who you trust. Consider Sozo ministry, as I mentioned, uh, and and go after these things because it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a culture of living as spirit. And I want that for you. Would you please go to pushbackculture.org and connect with me? Questions about some of the vaccine things that I've talked about before, uh, some of these cultural issues that we're talking about. Would you connect me if you're struggling with some of this anxiety and fear and you feel like your soul is dominating and you just can't seem to shake it? I would be happy to pray with you and minister with you, send you a message of encouragement. pushbackculture.org I'd love to hear your feedback, and I love coming to you every single week and sharing my heart. Thank you for listening, and God bless you this week. Now let's go together to set and shape the culture.